0: Radio Parish Orphans and Retrogrades. Happy Wednesday. Today, we're going to be talking about this latest news dropped by Diane Montagna that Cardinal Burke is now speaking out openly against the synod in October, which is unlike some of the other synods under Francis. It is the universal phase opening of the synod. First it was uh, a local, and then it was regional. Now it's the universal phase of the synod on synodality. No one's talking about the fact that n- this term has no meaning. A synod on synodality and synodalism. People are making jokes. But in today's show, I'm going to unpack what Cardinal Burke says, what he insinuates about the the meaningless meaning of this term, or the meaningful meaninglessness of the term synodal, synodality. Cardinal Burke insinuates quite a bit. He's a very wise man, and there there are five main points in his recent statement, as reported by uh, Catholic Herald and Diane Montagna, and we're going to get into that in a second. For now. I will remind you to like this video and subscribe. Also, leave a comment. You can say, I like cookies. That's good enough. If you want to support the channel, please go to the link on Locals attached to this video. That's how you support the channel, Locals or Subscribestar. These are two replacements for Patreon. We are kicked off for Standing By Catholic Teaching. All the other Catholics out there, the other big Catholic talkers are still on Patreon because they're not touching all of the third rails that this channel touches. Subsidiarity, patriarchy, right-wing community organizing, and of course, the, the the true approach we take to education. These are dangerous topics when you go as deep as we go. We got kicked off of Patreon for it, and we have not replaced all of those patrons on Patreon. No big deal. I take hits and I keep going, that's what Rules for Retrograde is all about, but if you want to keep the bad guys from winning, then support this channel on Locals or Subscribestar. They're not quite the modality of the user interface that Patreon had, like a lot of the right-wing replacements for left-wing modalities, but we would really appreciate it. Also, if you just want to help me, donation to the private man, pure donation, then you can go to timothyjgordon.com and click Donate. That's how it is. If you want to help yourself, get out of your blue state, get to a red state today. Go to realestateforlife.org. Do it in the waning month of summer, the last month now. We're exactly one month from the first day of fall. And if you start your move today, the people at realestateforlife.org can help you. They are bringing back 2019, 2020 type trouble. You know what I mean? Get out of your blue state. Get to a red state. The trouble will be, will be much mitigated, much less. realestateforlife.org Let me read to you from this Catholic Herald article, just, just the headline of the first uh, two paragraphs. Cardinal Burke, says Diane Montagna, drops bombshell on synod of ideology and schism. Cardinal Gerhard Muller has called it a hostile takeover of the Catholic Church. The late Cardinal George Pell termed it a toxic nightmare. Now Cardinal Raymond Burke has written a foreword to a new book denouncing the synod on synodality as Pandora's box that threatens to unleash grave harm on the mystical body of Christ. The synodal process is a Pandora's box, that's the title, co-authored by Jose Antonio Ureta and Julio Laredo de Iscui, presents readers with a series of 100 questions and the answer's Aimed at informing the general public about a debate, they say, has been largely limited to insiders, despite its potentially revolutionary impact. In his forward, Cardinal Burke, former prefect of the Apostolic Signatura, the number three in the Church, really, writes, We are told that the Church which we profess in communion with our ancestors and the faith from the time of the Apostles— is now to be defined by synodality, a term which has no history in the doctrine of the church and for which there is no reasonable definition. Synodality in its adjective synodal have become slogans behind which a revolution is at work to change radically the church's self understanding in accord with a t- contemporary ideology which denies much of what the church has always taught and practiced. Okay, and this has been going on in Germany for years. So what is the deal with Cardinal Burke's statement? I say it has five components. The image of Pandora's box, particularly this universal stage of the Synod on Synodality, which begins in October. I'm going to unpack what that means. The image itself, Pandora's box. It's a little more than what Cardinal Burke is saying. There's a hundred questions and answers uh, which comprise this new book about the Synod being Pandora's Box. We'll we'll, we'll say what we hope for with those hundred questions and answers. Thirdly, the definitionlessness of synodality, the meaninglessness of synodality is actually quite meaningful. That's number three. I'll unpack what Burke is after here. Number four, revolution. Ideological revolution built on an empty set, on terms which have no meaning. Very, very common in the last 150 years. Revolutions of idea built on meaningless terms or old terms given new meanings. Number five, um, what is the purpose of a preordained questionnaire, which is the beating heart of this process as beginning at the local and diocesan phase? A fake questionnaire. A false questionnaire. That's number five. So let's go through these in order. Now, Pandora's box is uh, a term from mythology where upon once once uh, uh, a box is opened as a kind of attractive nuisance, the idea of all the church coming together is the attractive nuisance here. You can't shut the box again and out of it only harmful things come. Now, the universal stage of the Synod on Synodality, which has had three phases, begins in October. The universal stage is going to be that stage where all of the harm becomes evident. That's what I've been telling you for about a year and a half. Right? So this is this is over a year and a half old, the announcement of the Synod on Synodality but um, think about the creation of synodality. Did you know that it comes from Vatican II? I have done, and it, it's, such a, it's such a frustrating topic, elusive topic, slippery like an eel, the source of the term synodal synod, synodality. It's Vatican II, which means everyone's got an opinion Very few of the opinions can really be premised in tethered to something real. I've talked at great length about Vatican II. How is it harmful in ways that people don't talk about? How is it less harmful in the ways that people do talk about? Arguably, Vatican II is the ultimate box of Pandora from which synodality comes because Synodality, as it was originally a coined term at Vatican II, a creature of Vatican II, means that any of the indirect toxins, the Trojan horse dangers, which come from the Pandora's box of the Synod on Synodality, ultimately were doubly indirect toxins or Trojan horses that came from Vatican II. And this is the essence of... Pandora's box. This is the essence of the way that the left works. It's part of topic number one. Why did Burke say Pandora's box? Think of Russian dolls. Think of set theory. Right, One big doll, a medium doll, a small doll, a miniature doll, each popping out of each other. What do you have there? Yeah, you have a, a, a smaller danger contained in a greater danger, contained in a greater danger. Um, and Visibility grows with each step. Visibility of the danger, appreciability, cognizability of what's happening. The coming into focus of mortal peril sharpens as you go to the next phase. Pandora's box. I think people understand this part. What I don't think people understand are the epistemic components of Pandora's box. The way that Vatican II created synods. Even JP II used synods. uh, Benedict did as well, not as much. And then here comes Francis, and the synod is the hallmark of his pontificate. Two synods on the family. Amazon synod, now the synod on synodality. And with each phase, more and more direct open revolution. Francis's synods have become more subversive. So really, when you think of Russian dolls, a smaller, more toxic doll popping out of a big, bigger one and so forth, think about it not so much as set theory, a smaller thing contained in a bigger thing, but incrementalism. Incrementalism, which is the heart, even asked Julia Maloney, of the Songt Golan agenda. The Songt mafia that, that dangerous group which gave us Francis made it very clear that incrementalism is the way they would work. From Cardinal Martini to Cardinal Silvestrini to Cardinal... Um, uh, who, uh, I'm forgetting his name. The one who told us, who was out there on the loggia with Francis. Who is that? Someone write it in con- content. Um, the, those three members of the Gallin Mafia, along with the fourth member, Cardinal Casper, who eventually took 30 years of incrementalism to get his plan done. Oh, what is his name? Godfrey Deniels. Godfrey Denil's. I was going to say Coco Palmerino. <laughs> no, no. Not Cardinal Coco. Was it James Martin? Yeah, we, we got to be careful with those guys because then we're going to start talking about uh, tasting all the colors of the rainbow. Um Those four St. Gallen Mafia members really remind us that the heart of the project is not necessarily containing a smaller danger and a bigger danger for the sake of, like, purely uh, hiding the evil. But for, for the sake of temporarily hiding the evil until it's already been accepted. There's a difference between these two concepts. And when Cardinal Burke references Pandora's box, what he's really pointing up is that um, as the universal stage of the Synod on Synodality begins in October, and then they'll meet again in another year, they're going to be doing the beginning of the reveal. All of this toiling of ten and a half years of the Francis pontificate and... 45 years of post-conciliar Spirit of Vatican II should be coming to a head in a way that even Francis has hidden to this point. And the, the, the way that you hide it is temporary hiding, which is to say incrementalism. That's, that's really what Pandora's box suggests. Uh, temporary incrementalism. Now, the 100 questions and answers Comprising this book, that the Synod on Synodality is a Pandora's box, what this really means, what these questions hopefully address. I haven't looked at them yet. I haven't seen the I haven't seen the Oh, there we are. Yeah. <laughs> um I have no elbow space in here. I am a guy, I'm always telling my kids, the main thing to mind, because I'm 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 a big dude, I'm six. One and I, I very dexterous. I use my arms when I talk. That's my mother's Italian side, and I'm, I, I'm, you know, hand-eye coordination is uh, one of one of my gifts. But I need my elbow space to utilize it. Um, <laughs> so I'm a big guy. I'm I'm here in this studio, sitting down, and I I'm always knocking things around with my elbow. Now. The hundred questions. What needs to be revealed to us is it, with any of these hundred questions. This is item number two that I pulled out of Burke's attack. Um, what is the level of explicitness of of the Francis guys of the Francis of Team Francis of the Sankt Gallen people? How explicit? Are they being, are they willing to be about the fact that this is Kabuki Theater? About the fact that this is a Pandora's box where they're going to. I mean, at times in this pontificate, it's been very, very explicit. Um, the second, that is the October 2015 Ordinary Synod on the Family, when the Africans came prepared to shut down. Um, the games of Cardinal Casper Cardinal et al., who were trying to get communion for the divorce and civilly remarried. Casper et al. said, um, look, we're not going to let the Africans stop us. You shouldn't listen to them. They're just Africans. Cardinal Casper said that. And of course, uh, the left cats gave him a pass because they're, they're, they're evil. They're with, they're with what Casper was trying to do, even though this is a, a mean thing to say. Um and the Africans were complaining of all of the school at that second family Synod, um, because because the Africans were more prepared to shut it down to the extent they could, they' were changing the rule the Senate voting rules every day. Even some of the leftists at that Synod complained about why are they why are they changing the rules every day? It's because they had an explicit, schematic, an explicit game plan <coughs> for how to not be shut down. And the Synod on Synodality, which has all of its ties to the, the WEF, Agenda 2030, UNESCO, um, um, presu- I'm presuming the Biden White House, we, we know there are these connections to the Catholic Spring of the Obama White House and, and the Podesta brothers from the 2016 WikiLeaks. The Francis Pontificate um, has a game plan. The Hundred Questions needs to address: Is this game plan kind of a wink and a nod, a little more implicit, or is it much more explicit? I would bet dollars to donuts. I would bet you a thousand dollars right now. There is a game plan, like a blueprint, written up somewhere very explicit. I don't know how you ever, I don't know how you ever make good on that bet because we don't get to see it. But the, the, we got to see it some at that Second Family Synod, and um, probative questions by folks like um, site News made it, made it really a- as explicit as we've ever seen it under Francis. The Second Family Synod, before the release of Amoris Laetitia, was impressive. So these questions need to make the explicitness explicit, need to do what they can, to um, externalize the game plan of Francis et al. Number three, synod is a meeting, got a real definition, right? It's sign- That's a signifier that has a real definition. But synodality and synodalism, these are terms, it's like meetingness, or meet- meeting Like, after, I have a meeting to go to at work today. Darn. That'll be, um, in most jobs, uh, predominantly a bunch of uh, professional women wasting time. Uh, that's what a meeting means in the modern American workplace. Sorry, that's that's just what it is, guys. A bunch of you are watching this from cubicles at work or listening in, you might have a meeting to go to now. Uh, give my best to all the professional women in the cubicles next to you running the meetings. So we know meeting is a, a waste of time you know, an hour or more where uh, people will talk and it won't mean much, but the term meeting itself has a meaning. Meetingness, meetingality, these are terms that Francis and the post-conciliar church has, um, they've created these words, they're neologisms, that means a newly minted word, that have nothing to do with the meetingness of the meeting. So when Francis says the heart of this pontificate is synodality and synodalism, we you know, when he wants to condemn something, he'll say that is not synodal. It's, it's a synonym with saying that is not good, as far as he's concerned. That's really weird. So we know that um, synodality has a technical definition, but it has almost no uses that, that should play nicely with the technical definition, meetingness. Instead, he uses synodality to mean good. He uses it to um, capture other concepts like um, encounter, dialogue. Not that dialogue's bad, but dialogue, encounter, meeting people at the fringes. In other words, it's a way of christening un- non-Christian ideas. I know you already know this, but but Burke mentioned that, that um, synodality is definitionless. Why does he keep saying it? Well, here's why. Item number four. In the last hundred fifty years, starting really with, starting with Marx, Stalin eventually, Trotsky Lenin, they would use terms that were empty sets. The the Stalinist Marxist moment. In Soviet Russia, was built on terms that had no denotation. All they had were connotations. Okay, a denotation is a term, strict meaning, but it, it can't really be applied to any situation. Synodality means meetingness. All it has is a connotation, however, and that connotation doesn't play at all with its denotation. This has been key to the 20th century ideological revolution. The CIA in America, starting in the late 40s, has used this term and all of the intel community have used these terms to catch their ideological opponents, which turned out to be the right, the right wing. Um, so Francis is playing on this. The Francisites are playing on this. Um, we're going to have a revolution and the church, we know what he's going to bring in: feminism. Um, let's call it phoria, you know, third wave phoria. Um, and probably, or sorry, feminism is first wave phoria, with an apostrophe p h o r i a. I think, I think he'll bring in second wave of this as well, the type that. Uh, Father James S.J. favors. Ideologically, at least. I, I think that's the kind of uh, first and second wave phoria that will be introduced by Wave of revolution. I've been saying this for a year and a half, and it's going to be the coming out party of uh, first and second wave foria in the Roman Catholic Church. In I think they're going to try to do doctrine changes, but they, they've, they've done everything but that Strike that. Um, Amoris Laetitia was actually a doctrine, a doc- an attempted doctrine change, right? Um, so I think they're going to do, you know, I mean, because you still get Pope's planers saying, no, Amoris Laetitia didn't mean communion for divorce and civilly remarried, even though Francis christened in the Acta Apostolic Assetis, yes, it does mean that. Um, so you have, you have readers arguing with the author about what the author meant and the author has essentially had a Catholic notary notarize it into the magisterium and, and you still get normies who are like, no, that's not what Francis meant. Well, he said it's what he meant and he brought the the only notary known to man that has the uh, chris- christening power of the Holy Spirit, the actae Apostolicae Sedis, the chair. Come on, man, get real. So... That's what is going to happen. It's going to be a Stalinist thing where um, you're going to have, on the basis of this made-up term, you're going to have revolution formalized, branded, packaged, and manufactured, and, and rolled out to the world's Catholics. And Cardinal Burke says they're going to call you, parish and retrogrades, the schismatics. And a lot of people out there look. I know there are a lot of different opinions on the society SSPX. They'll say, "Oh, they've been doing that since 1988." No, no, it's not not the same thing. I mean, this will be, and I'm not. I, I it's an issue I don't care about much, as I've insisted for for five years. I just don't care about society I, for or against, right? Um, these are these are generally people. Obviously, I agree with about almost everything. But this is, it's not, it's, it's an, they're, they're adjacent to what I'm doing here in a way, and they're not adjacent in a way. They're not adjacent in the sense that they're going to be like, this is what we're saying. Francis is using, is, is, is having a revolution that he's going to mainstream, and then the counter-revolutionaries are going to be the schismatics. Well, no, because this is about doctrine. This isn't about a, a group that's even a group of us Catholics that's gonna like take up pitchforks against the king. We're we've been told we're not allowed to do that because the king is the pope. And so we're just gonna be like, no, on doctrine. I'm not even talking about discipline here. On matters of doctrine. They're gonna say, you know, um, like like my local local parish priest uh basically said, the the first six, seven months I was here in Mississippi. His name is Father Tommy. He's like a celebrity priest, liberal guy. He said basically in a homily, Jesus was wrong about divorce and remarriage. We said if Jesus lived today, he'd get it. He's basically saying he's wrong. I have a, I have a recording of me addressing him after mass, by the way. Um, he brought like security to mass the next time after I addressed him. Uh, it's going to be more that kind of thing. Jesus was wrong, but he'd realize he, God, the second person of the Blessed Trinity, would realize he's wrong if he lived in 2023 and he could only see James Martin's constituency. That's what he that's that's what he'd say. So it's a revolution built on empty sets in a way that's unprecedented in the church. Not Vatican II, not 1988, not John Paul II's tinkering with things or JP2 adding. You know, mysteries to the rosary, or any. I know you guys like those analogies, but they're not—they're not good analogies. This is going to be new. This is bigger. This is a distinction of kind, not a distinction of degree. What I've been predicting for a year and a half, and now it's becoming real mainstream to say it. It wasn't before. Is this will be the time? I guess the second time after a Morse that Francis really goes 97 percent of all the way in codifying just total, total change on irreformable teaching. And if he doesn't, then I'm wrong. And I've got that, um, I've got that matzo ball hanging out there. But guess what? I don't even know what a matzo ball is. I just got this term from, uh, I think, Jerry Seinfeld. Um, who would know, right? Um, I'm willing to stake my claim here. I'm willing to put my name to it. And that's that's what that's why you come to this channel. Those of you guys who watch rules for retrogrades is because we're not playing it safe. We're not we're not pulling the audience, you know, the way the bigger channels do and then spitting back to you what you saw in the polls. I'll take unpopular positions, right? I'll say what I said about like gender gen, gender roles. It's really first wave dysphoria is really gender role dysphoria. And yeah, there should be tight, strict adherence to gender roles ninety-nine times out of a hundred, in even household chores, and that can create an upset because a bunch of people, a bunch of trads on Twitter, are feminists, whether they like to admit it or not. And and, and it's like, okay, that's fine. They can they can they can complain about it a lot, but I'm willing, unlike a lot of my peers, to t- uh, to just to say something unpopular and be like, I'm going to stick with this. And the culture will slowly change, hopefully, if we get a win. But it's not a guarantee. Maybe it won't. Now, luckily, on the feminism issue, we, we, were, we were the first ones there, and the culture is changing. It's been very, very interesting. Very, very interesting. And I'd love to talk to, to people that have plugged the books, any of the books here. I, I'd love to talk to George Farmer um, and lots of others. I'd love to have a panel discussion with people that are in mainstream conservatism, on, particularly on feminism. You know, I mean, it would be great to have a panel with uh, George Farmer or Seamus, someone like Matt Fradd or, or Trent Horn um, and do a panel it would be cool to do it in person somewhere on feminism. Where are you at on feminism? Um, I announced the writing of this book four years ago. And, and so it's a counter-revolution, because I'm still on point four here. Revolution built on empty sets. They work. That's why Francis is using them. That's why he's going to be using it in October. Counter-revolutions waged by plucky you know, boutique accounts, needle-sized Catholic accounts, don't typically wage counter-revolution... Effectively, aside by um, picketing larger microphones, like I, I, I tried to lobby Michael Knowles. I tried to lobby uh, 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 Jason Whitlock through, through friends and connections. And that's the way that you sell these ideas up. That's the way you have a real counter-revolution. So... The Empty Set's work, and, and Burke was highlighting this, fifthly, fifthly in, uh, vested in Burke's critique of the Synod in October is the idea of the preordained questionnaire. The Synod process is based, and we did see this from, from the beginning of Francis' pontificate and his usage of Synods onward, fake questionnaires they hand out to the bishops, or in the case of the Synod on Synodality, all the world's faithful. Remember, at the diocesan phase, they're supposed to be handing it to the ladies who run your church. Those same ladies who had jobs and run meetings in their, you know, in their cubicle forms at work by day. They run the churches, too, on the weekends. And they are handing out questionnaires. And they didn't get the results they liked. They never do. But they don't care. They just manufacture the outcome. That's what the preordained questionnaire is all about. I think... um, I, uh, my favorite bishop in the U.S. is uh, Bishop Joseph Strickland. And according to Lepanto Institute, he ha- I'm going to retweet this right now. Um, he released a letter where I think this point and, and, and the other four points that I've talked about today are all highlighted. So as part of my preordained questionnaire uh, element... Let me read you his letter, dated August twenty second, 2023. My dear sons and daughters in Christ. I'm going to skip needless lines. In this time of great turmoil in the church and world, I must speak to you from a father's heart in order to warn you of the evils that threaten us and to assure you of the joy and hope that we've always, always have in the name of Jesus Christ. The evil and false message that has invaded the church, Christ's bride, is that Jesus is only one, one among many, and that it is not necessary for his message to be shared with all humanity. This idea must be shunned and refuted at every turn. We must share the joyful good news that Jesus is our only Lord, and that he desires that all humanity for all time may embrace eternal life in him. Once we understand that Jesus Christ, God's divine son, is the fullness and revelation and fulfillment of our Father's plan of salvation for humanity for all time, and we embrace it with our hearts, Then we can address the other errors that plague our church and our world, which have been brought about by a departure from truth. Now, he he cites Paul's letter to the Galatians uh, about forsaking the one who called you. Um, As your spiritual father... Strickland continues, I feel it's important to reiterate the following basic truths that have always been understood by the church from time immemorial and to emphasize that the church exists not to redefine matters of faith, but to safeguard the deposit of faith as it has been handed down to us from our Lord himself through the apostles and the saints and the martyrs. Again, hearkening back to St. Paul's warning to the Galatians, any attempts to pervert the true gospel message must be categorically rejected as injurious to the Bride of Christ and her individual members. Number one, Christ established one church, the Catholic Church. And therefore, only the Catholic Church provides the fullness of Christ's truth and the authentic path to his salvation for all of us. The Eucharist, number two, and all the sacraments are divinely instituted, not developed by man. The Eucharist is truly Christ's body and blood, soul and divinity, and to receive him in communion unworthily. So now we know what we're talking about when he says unworthily. This means uh, to receive Jesus when you're a a remarried adulterer. A remarried divorcee, who is an adulterer. is a devastating sacrilege for both the individual and the church. Number three, The sacrament of matrimony is instituted by God. Through natural law, God has established marriage as between one man and one woman, faithful to each other for life, and open to children. Humanity has no right or true ability to redefine marriage. Number four, every human person is created in the image and likeness of God, male or female, and all people should be helped to discover their true identities as children of God, and not supported in a disordered attempt to reject their identity. Number five, sex activity outside marriage is always gravely sinful, cannot be condoned. Six, the belief that all men and women will be saved regardless of how they live their lives, universalism, is false and is dangerous as it contradicts what Jesus tells us repeatedly in the gospel. You know all these passages. I'm not going to read them all. Number seven, in order to follow Jesus, we must willingly choose to take up our cross and instead of attempting to avoid the cross and the suffering that our Lord offers to each of us individually in our daily lives, the mystery of redemptive suffering humbles us, purifies us, and draws us deeper into the joy of a life lived in Christ. This is not to say that we must enjoy or seek out suffering, but if we are united to Christ as we experience our daily sufferings, we can find the hope and joy that exists amidst the suffering and persevere to the end in all our suffering. In the weeks and months ahead, many of these seven truths will be examined as part of the synod on synodality. So somehow he knows the outcome. Strickland does. Our, our our goodly father Bishop Strickland. Thank you. Thank you Jesus for for sending us Bishop Strickland, us Americans. So he knows it and somehow I knew it a year and a half ago. It's not hard to see if you have eyes to see. He continues, we must hold fast to these truths and be wary of any attempts to present an alternative to the gospel of Jesus Christ or to push for a faith that speaks of dialogue and brotherhood. Well, brotherhood's good, right? Yes, but brotherhood is a revolution built on empty sets. A term being used for its connotation, not its denotation, by the Francis Church. Just like synodality. When we seek to innovate upon what God and his great mercy has given us, we find ourselves upon treacherous ground. Regrettably, it may be that some will label as schismatics. Here we go. With those preordained questionnaires, there was a worldwide process of polling the electorate and ruling the electorate by polling. Actually, that's not what they're doing because they didn't receive the results they wanted And now they're going to manufacture them as if they're leading by polling. I criticize other Catholics who have a a voice in this whole grand scheme of things when they do leading by polling. Well, that's not even what Francis is really doing. He's pretending to be leading by polling, but really he's leading by leading through the edifice, the appearance of leading by polling. Because you guys have come to expect it instead of just saying, I'm leading by leading. This idea is wrong. Feminism is wrong. Wives, stay home. Don't work. You, you, you do the housework. You support your husband's goals. Husbands, be good to your wife. Instead of saying that like a leader, you guys have become accustomed to people saying, well, are you guys, would you guys be open to this, me leading? And then Francis doubly inverts it by saying, I'm going to pretend to lead by polling. But really, he's not. He's leading by leading. It's just a manufactured pole. Regrettably, it may be that some will label as schismatics those who disagree with the changes being proposed. Be assured, however, that no one who remains firmly upon the plumb line of our Catholic faith is a schismatic. We must remain unabashedly and truly Catholic, regardless of what may be brought forth. We must be aware that it is not leaving the Church to stand firm upon these proposed changes. As Peter said, "'Lord, to whom shall we go?' You have the words of eternal life. Standing firm does not mean we are seeking to leave the church. Thank you. Thank you, Bishop Strickland. I urge you, my sons and daughters in Christ, that now is the time to make sure you stand firmly upon the Catholic faith of the ages. We were all created to seek the way, the truth, and the life. In this modern age of confusion... The true path is the one that is illuminated by the light of Jesus Christ. For truth has a face, and indeed, it is His face. Be assured that He will not abandon His bride. I wonder if, I wonder if uh, Bishop Strickland gets demoted or something in uh, the days following this. I really do. Stay tuned. You know, keep your head on a swivel. October approaches fast. We're almost in September. Can you believe that? This year has flown by parish orphans and retrogrades. Please support this channel if you watch the video. Please make sure you're subscribed. And if you have five or ten bucks a month for locals or Subscribestar, please support us there. We will continue with our analysis, retrogrades and parish orphans. And it's going to, going to, going to amp up in September as the October Synod awaits. It it, it broods gloomily over our autumn. I always like autumn. enjoy it a lot, but but, um, there's going to be a lot happening, and it's going to be nefarious. Something wicked this way comes. God does not will that. He wills the victory of the church and the spreading of his word over all the earth.